0: The Red Cornish Ranger presents Nerds Through Comics Star Trek The Next Generation Doctor Who Assimilation Squared Chapter
1: 3 The Enterprise was surrounded by Borg in cyber vessels.
2: Red alert! Shields up! Data, have we been
1: detected? Affirmative, Captain. They are moving to intercept. We are being held, Captain. On screen, Mr. Wolf. On the view screen, three figures appeared. One Borg, one Cyberman, and in the middle, a Cyberman-Borg hybrid. Oh, the Borg and Cyberman fleet began firing on the Enterprise. We are under attack from multiple ships, Captain. Shields are already down to 75%.
3: We can't fight that entire fleet. Agreed, Number One. Data, get us out of here
1: now. Best speed. Already working on it, Captain. The Enterprise came about and retreated. The Borg and Cyberman in pursuit. Who is that with the Borg? We've never seen them before. Those are the Cybermen. Very bad. As bad as your Borg,
0: if not worse. You know them, Doctor. I know them all too well, unfortunately. For the moment, I recommend getting as far away as possible until we can work out what their plan is. No
3: argument here. It's not like the Borg to cooperate with anyone. Are they allies?
0: Who was that? In the middle. In the chair. Probably a Cyber Controller, One of their leaders. Only fitted somehow with
1: the... Bold technology. You do know them. What more can you tell us? Data turned in his seat to interrupt the captain. Captain, the pursuing ships are gaining orders.
2: They will intercept in approximately 17 minutes. Data,
3: buy us some time. Find us some cover. An asteroid field, gas giant, or a nebula.
2: Anything that will confuse their senses and discourage pursuit. The party's nebula is thereby setting a course at high speed. Make it so, Mr. Data. On
1: his order, the Enterprise headed for the nebula at full speed, closely followed by the Borg-Cyberman Alliance. As the Enterprise reached the nebula, the Alliance ship began to slow. As predicted, Captain, the enemy appears to be
2: hesitant to pursue us into the nebula. However, it will not take long for them to devise a way to force us out. But this will give us time to figure out our next step. Mm Mm-hmm. Which brings us to you, our mysterious
3: friend. For someone who claims no knowledge of the situation, you certainly find yourself in the thick of it.
0: Captain, I realise how this must look to you. You have my word that I have no idea how I came to be here or what the Cybermen are up to. But trust me when I say that my being here right now, knowing what I know about them, is going to help. That's what I do... That's all I have ever do. I try to help. Well then, I want to know more about these Cybermen. Ruthless, unrelenting, and devoted to survival through conquest, with emotions stripped away as cavalier as they tore the flesh from their bodies.
3: So they are also a mixture of organic life and mechanics. Do they assimilate other species as the Borg do?
0: The Cybermen replace their organs with mechanical parts and seek to do the same to others. They call it Cyber Conversion.
1: The Doctor, Captain Picard, Commander Riker, headed up to the back of the bridge to continue their sharing of information.
0: Is there no reasoning with them? They will seek either our destruction or our forced conversion. Nothing else will satisfy them.
1: Commander Data had already come up to the consoles at the back of the bridge. Data,
2: do we have any record of these Cybermen? Very little, Captain. I'm scanning the historical database for any incidents with beings that match the doctor's description and the visuals from the transmission. That's it data. What's this log entry from? The log entry is from the Enterprise. The Enterprise? The original Constitution-class Enterprise, registry number NCC-1701, commanded by James T. Kirk. While visiting an archaeological site, a small group from the Enterprise encountered some beings referred to in the logs as Cybermen.
1: On the screen was an image of a man, all teeth and curls, with a very long scarf. Well. Are you alright? I'm honestly not sure. At seeing this, the doctor started to feel very strange. Uh, ah! The doctor screamed in agony as images from his past, but not of his past, flashed in front of him.
0: At last, I, the Red Cornish Ranger, have got the Sword of Darkness from the empress rita <laughs> actually no i got it from michael makes go check him out on instagram and tiktok at michael makes on tiktok and michael makes 3d on instagram or alternatively you can hop onto his webpage at michaelmakes 3d.co.uk if you can dream it he'll certainly be able to make it he can make all sorts of things like helmets from the clone wars to masks from Daredevil and Iron Man, to helmets and armour. So seriously, go check him out. Michael Makes 3D on Instagram, Michael Makes on TikTok, and his shop, michaelmakes3d.co.uk. Back to action! Captain's Log, star date 3368.5. 3, Mr Spock, Dr McCoy and Commander Scotty are accompanying me to... Apollo 3. Site of a long abandoned relay station, a peculiar build by an alien civilization centuries ago. A Federation archaeology team has been stationed here for several months attempting to glean any knowledge from the mysterious and unworkable technology, but has failed to make the last 3 scheduled reports. Subspace communications have gone unanswered. It's most likely a simple communication breakdown, but best to be certain. The planet's unique radiation also prevents the use of transporters, necessitating our visit via shuttlecraft.
3: Looking
1: clear for landing, Captain. Take us down, Scotty. Aye, sir. The shuttle landed, and the four men got out to take a look around. Seems quiet enough. Yes, yes it does. A voice called out to the landing party.
2: Hello there. This is an unexpected surprise. Welcome to Aprilia 3.
1: Well... When you stopped returning our
0: calls, we thought we'd drop in for a visit. I'm Captain James T. Kirk, USS Enterprise. This is my first officer, Mr. Spock. Ship surgeon, Dr. McCoy. Chief engineer, Mr. Scott.
2: Professor Jefferson Whitmore, project manager for the faculty. Our messages aren't getting through. I thought we'd iron that out. The same radiation belt that prevents transport functions can also jam subspace signals. We were sure we'd solved that problem, but it looks like we need to try again. Come, let me introduce you around.
1: We'd be delighted, Professor Whitmore. The professor led the way into the complex. Right this way. Scalty whispered to the captain. Thoughts, captain? On your toes, Mr. Scott. Inside, the archaeology team was busy examining the equipment and technology.
2: This is the main relay station that was discovered. We still haven't been able to figure out how to activate it, although we have determined that there is still power circulating through it. Where that's coming from is
1: something else we're not sure about. As the professor spoke, a woman walked over to greet the party.
0: We have guest professor. My apologies,
1: Doctor. Captain
2: James Kirk of the USS Enterprise. This is Dr. Paula Zarlenga, one of our researchers.
0: A pleasure, Doctor we would grown worried about you down here. The only thing to be worried about here is a slight stall in our research, but I'm confident we'll have progress to report soon.
2: Absolutely. Now if you'll excuse us, Captain, we must really return to our work unless you have any other concerns.
0: No concern, Professor Whitmore. Sorry to have bothered you.
1: Not at all, Captain. Thank you for checking in. The Professor escorted the landing party back outside to the shuttlecraft, Before getting on board, Captain Kirk asked Mr. Scott
0: Scotty, you convinced? Not one bit, Captain. Me neither.
1: Later that evening, the landing party returned to the surface to try to find out what is going on.
0: Why are we doing this again? Come on, Bones. You saw the people in there. Did that seem normal to you? They were practically zombies. You must admit, Doctor, by human standards, the research team seemed remarkably placid. I'm
1: exactly, I'm not buying it. They approached the door to the complex.
0: It was locked. What do you say, Scuddy? Any chance you can get us past the lock?
3: I've not seen anything like it, sir. But that's never stopped me before.
1: Scuddy, time is of the essence. I, sir, I'm trying. A man, all teeth and curls, and a long scarf, walked up behind the landing party. Hello. Can I be of assistance? Who are you? The doctor smiled and said, I'm the doctor. Having a little trouble with the door?
3: You're with the research team? I've only just arrived. I'm certain I can help you out there, if you permit me. I'm having near look with it, Captain. If he's got a
1: solution, I'm for it. The doctor pulled out his sonic screwdriver, and within seconds the door opened this should do the trick i should think is that the key something like that now who would like a jelly baby hmm the doctor handed each member of the landing party as they entered the building
0: fascinating gelatin confectionery dusted within starch and molded into the shape of a small child you have to forgive our unannounced return to your facility
1: doctor but we were here earlier today Something didn't seem quite right. Really? Do tell. The doctor and the landing party walked into the main control room where they found the archaeology team standing like statues in the middle of the room.
0: Well, this seems a little out of the ordinary.
1: Yes, I can agree with that. It's quite disconcerting, isn't it? Dr. McCoy snapped his fingers in front of Jefferson. Whitmore?
3: He's completely catatonic,
1: Jim.
0: Zalinka too. Look here. All of the members of the research team appear to be wearing these devices in their ears.
1: The doctor pointed at his own head and said, No earpiece here, Captain. This is all news to me.
3: These devices are somehow blocking all sensory input from the brain.
1: Dr. McCoy said as he examined one of the team.
3: Without any input coming in, these poor people are just...
1: Just shut down? Can you remove them?
3: It looks that way. I don't see any permanent grafts in place. Do it.
1: Dr. McCoy removed the earpiece from one of the team members and he began Uh, to ring up.
0: Looks like he's coming out of it. Good. Spock, Scotty, wake the rest of these people up and let's get them out of here before whoever did this makes an appearance.
1: Suddenly the door opened and three Cybermen were stood there. Uh, spoke too soon. The doctor turned and pointed his sonic screwdriver at the door, causing it to shut. Cybermen, get the people out of here. Cyber who? As the door shut, the Cybermen crashed through. Captain Kirk pointed his phaser at the Cybermen. You must not be allowed to interfere. You heard
0: the man. Get the research team to the shuttle.
1: One of the Cybermen reached for his phaser and crushed it like a tin can. The other two pushed back, knocking the doctor over.
3: Stop. Let's go, dammit. You want those ungodly things jammed back in your ears?
1: Spock and Mr. Scott prepared to fight as Dr. McCoy helped the others out the building. Prepare to fire, Mr. Scott. Their phasers have little effect on the Cybermen. You will not be allowed to interfere. Set your phasers to maximum power, Commander. Aye. Meanwhile, Captain Kirk tried fighting the cyborg with little effect. Humans cannot harm us. I don't suppose you happen to have any gold on your person, do you? What? I've ran into these fellows before. Captain Kirk passed his communicator to the doctor.
0: The cover that flips open is gold. What have you got in mind? Can you
1: distract him for a moment? Distract him? "Sure," said Captain Kirk as the doctor got his sonic screwdriver out and waved it over the communicator, as Captain Kirk drop-kicked the cyberman, giving the doctor enough time to make gold dust and throw it at the cyberman's uh, face. Uh, "Captain, get out." Kirk and the doctor moved out of the way as Spock fired on the cyberman, taking it down. Afterwards, the doctor explained his gold dust plan to Dr. McCoy, while Captain Kirk, Mr. Swok, and Scotty surveyed the
3: aftermath. You see, the gold flakes interfere with their respiratory system. Respiratory system?
0: You mean these things actually breathe? The other two are down, Captain. All the researchers are safe. Search the facility. I
1: don't want any more surprises. Later on, Captain Kirk and Spock gave their report to Professor Whitmore and Dr. Zarlinga, as the doctor slipped out in the back, unnoticed.
0: No sign of any more of these Cybermen, Captain. And there looked to be no damage to the facility? None that we can ascertain, it's just
2: fortunate for as you arrived when you did, Captain.
0: I don't believe in being lucky twice, Professor Whitmore. We'll be arranging a permanent garrison of security personnel here, just in case you have any more unexpected visitors. Speaking of unexpected, where's your doctor? If he hadn't come along when he did, we might never have even gotten in here.
2: Our doctor? I thought he was with you.
1: Meanwhile, Scotty was examining the computer bank for Dr. Zalinga.
3: And you've had no luck in figuring this thing out?
0: None. We can't change a reading or even get a transmission out of it.
3: Don't despair, Lassie. You'll crack it yet. It's just a good thing we got here before those mechanical clankers were able to monkey about with that.
1: As they walked away, the computer bank glowed red and tint.
2: Tell me,
3: do you like magic? Do you like wizards? Do you like death-defying fights that will have you on the edge of your seat? Then I have just the thing for you. I'm Natsu Dragneel, the fire dragon slayer of Fairy Tale! And we have a new audio drama out now. Fairy tale. The audio drama. You should come check it out. It's on Spotify, Apple. Go on. I
1: dare you. Go check it out. Because I'm all fired up. Back to action. Well, that was unexpected. Back on the Enterprise as a doctor turned to Amy after what felt like his head imploding.
0: Doctor, what happened?
1: Do you require medical assistance?
0: No, no, I'll be fine. That was me. I was there. I remember that now. Curious, thing is, I also remember not remembering that. There's no
2: record of you in the log.
0: The chap in the scarf, that was me. I just looked a little different. How could you have been there? It's a little hard to explain, really. He does travel a lot, you know. That would make you more than a hundred years old. Don't be ridiculous, Commander. I'm nowhere near one hundred. Captain, if I remember things that should not be, we're all in even greater danger than I realize.
3: Indeed. First things first, what is our status, Mr. Worf?
0: Gunners show no sign of
3: pursuers, Captain. Perhaps they gave up.
0: That's not like the Cybermen. If they've given up on us, it must be in pursuit of something more important.
3: Bigger fish to fry. You may be right, Doctor. But let us take advantage of this respite to attempt to find some answers. And I believe I may know
1: where to start. Captain Picard, the doctor, Amy, and Rory left the bridge and went down 10 decks to the forward part of the ship. Now, where are we going? If everything God's telling us is true, then I have a friend of whom you have much to discuss. They entered 10 forward, where inside a woman stood behind the bar, a woman of great age and wisdom. Kynan, there's someone here I'd like you to meet.
0: Captain Kirk and the Doctor were played by Mark, the Red Cornish Ranger. Captain Picard and Commander Scotty, V. Mr Spock, Tide Tiger. Dr McCoy and Commander Riker, A Crown 39. Professor Jefferson and Data, Ghost Galaxy Cosplay. The Fourth Doctor and Rory Williams, Cosplay Dude 637. Amy Williams, Cosplay Wife 637 the narrator, Mr. Worf, Ben the Baker Ranger, Dr. Paula, The Avatar Tush. All other roles were played by members of the cast.